I invite you to turn with me this morning, Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, we start our series today again entitled Giving Church. And Matthew chapter 13, today we're looking at conditions of the heart. Conditions of the heart. More in 24. Do I really want more of God in my life this year? Do we really want more of God in our church More of his presence, more of him in our families and in our homes, more of him using us as a witness for him in our workplaces and neighborhoods and schools. uh, Do we want more of God? Well, Matthew chapter 13, this is really the, the vision passage for this series and for this idea of more in 24 that God put on my heart uh, going into this year. And uh, just a powerful passage. The parable of the sower is here where Jesus talks about, again, the different conditions of the heart. As we read this together, what we see are four different conditions of the soil or of the heart. And all of us are representative of one of these conditions today. All of us are in one of these four places. Okay? Uh, back when Crystal and I were doing student ministry at our, our former church, my home church, uh, we had a young man named Adam Sutton. Remarkable young man who loved to play guitar, and he loved to play sports, and just a sweet kid, man, always there, always involved, but he had one major problem. Uh, Adam was born with a heart condition. He had a defective heart. And so much so that they realized very early on in his life that he was going to have to have a heart transplant if he was going to live on into adulthood. And it got so bad that uh, before we left to come here, toward the end of our time there, Adam had to wear a battery pack. It was literally a kind of a, a bag there, a battery pack on his side that was his heart. That battery pack was connected to his heart. And instead of just a pacemaker, defibrillator, I mean, it was a full battery pack that basically kept his heart beating. And the family, his family had to make sure and keep multiple fully charged batteries on hand so that if one of those batteries ever went out, they could immediately get it changed out with a new battery so that his heart would continue beating. Because it's obvious, isn't it? If the heart quits beating, life stops. Blood doesn't flow to the body. Everything stops and life ceases. Well, the same is certainly true for our spiritual lives, isn't it? It's, as it's been said before, you know, the heart of the matter is it's a matter of the heart. Jesus said that uh, the greatest command is to love God with all that you are, your heart, soul, mind, and strength, all that internal stuff. That's what matters most is first internally, do I want to know God? Am I willing to humble myself before him? Well, is, is the motivation of my life prop, uh, proper or right? And that's where I want us to start this series. This is not about money. Money's important. Giving our money is important. We're going to talk about that. Serving in ministry, serving others is a call on our life, just like giving is. It's very important. But that that's just fruit of a deeper root, isn't it? The question is, does God have my heart? Whole heart, whole self. Uh, well, in order for him to have our whole heart, Our heart's got to be right. The condition of the soil has to be humble and tender. So let's look together. Parable of the sower, Matthew chapter 13. Let's start in verse number 10. 
The disciples come to Jesus and they said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables, stories uh, that are meant to express a specific lesson? Jesus had started giving those stories but then didn't expound upon it in the crowds. And so they're like, why are you, why the cryptic messages, right? Why like this stuff now that like people can't fully understand? And Jesus answers that. He says to you, it's been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For here it is. This is the theme verse God put in my heart for us for more in 24. It's right here in verse 12. For to the one who has, More will be given. Who wants more? Come on, testify. Who wants more of God in their life this year? Let's just testify right now, right out of the gate. And some of you are here and you think, man, I don't know. I'm not sure and and, and not, not sure about raising your hand. Listen, he says here, faith is the key to more in your life. Faith, trusting that God wants to work in your life, anticipating, expecting God to do something new and fresh in us. He says to the one who has faith, put the word faith in there, it goes here. The one who has faith, more will be given and he'll have an abundance. But from the one who does not have faith, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they don't see, hearing they don't hear, nor do they understand. Stand. So he's talking about the condition of the heart. The reason they weren't receiving more from Jesus is because they didn't want any more. They just wanted healing or some kind of temporary fix for a, uh, a an earthly problem. They really didn't want the presence of God in their life. Salvation is about longing for God, not just what God can do for me. And, and effective prayer, as we talk about 21 days of prayer and fasting... Really, really seeking the heart of God and receiving all that he has for me it, it is about desiring him, not just what he can do for me or give me. Prayer, that is effective prayer. And, and he says here, verse 18, he goes on to give the explanation of the parable of the sower to the disciples. Verse 18, he says, hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, The evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. So he talks about seeds that were sown along the paths, the walking paths. And uh, as for what was sown on rocky ground, some seeds sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself. But endures for a while, and when tribulation comes, persecution, hardship, difficulty comes on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown on the thorny ground among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, choke the word, and it proves un fruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, the good soil, that's what we want, isn't it? Come on, church, right? The good soil. I want my heart to be good soil. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word, understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, another 60, and another 30. Oh, the parable of the sower. 
quick explanation of this parable. The seed here. Jesus talks about seed being cast. It's a farming illustration that they would have understand, uh, understood very clearly in their day and time. So they would cast seed by hand. Their farming was all broadcasting seed by hand. And uh, individual farmers typically didn't own their own land. You had folks that would, you know, uh, landowners that would own large swaths of land and then they would lease out small plots to individual farmers. And there were paths in between all those plots in a large field where they would walk, go to their field, and they would cast seed all on the ground that was that was theirs to use And then they would actually till that seed into the ground after it was broadcast onto the soil. And so that's the example Jesus uses here. The seed, what is the seed? It's the word of God, right? Uh, Why is it a seed, by the way? How many of you know today it's only the word of God, the message of the gospel that has life in it? Come on now. Isn't that right? I thank God for self-help and personal growth and leadership development. You know, a lot of those things we commit to at the beginning of a new year, right? We're going to read self-help books and podcasts, and those are all good things. But the greatest thing, the only thing that's going to change you from the inside out is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on now. It's only the Spirit of God that can do that. And so we need first the gospel. Then you can add some of that stuff to help grow in wisdom. But the seed is the Word of God. The soil represents the conditions of the heart. Four differing conditions of the heart to receive that word. And by the way, again, let me let me remind us. Every one of us in here today, those even watching online, we our heart is represented by one of these four as we walk through them in just a moment. The question today is, where's your heart? What's the condition of your heart in terms of the reception of the gospel and the word of God? So the seeds, the word of God, the soil is the condition of the heart. And fruit here, when he talks about bearing fruit, obviously seed that's planted that grows and and bears a harvest. That's what we're after, right? A harvest of righteousness in our life. And God's working us. And, and the Bible talks about three types of fruit. Okay, first is the fruit of character. The fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, is, if you know it, say it with me. Love, joy, peace, patience kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Yeah, the fruit of the Spirit, Christ-like character. That is the first evidence, that, you, by the way, that you're saved, is the fruit of Christ-like character in your life. But also the Bible talks about fruit of good works. Did you know this? Paul, when he was praying for the church, uh, the Colossian church, Colossians chapter 1, he says, I pray that you would bear fruit... In every good work. So serving God and giving and wanting to share your faith in these things. Uh, it, it's an outgrowth of Jesus living in our heart. So you've got the fruit of character. You've got the fruit of, uh, of conduct or of good works. But then you've also got the fruit of changed lives. Of folks that converts. That were leading to people were leading to Christ. When Paul prays for the church at Rome in Romans chapter 1. He says, man, I desire to obtain some fruit among you. He's talking about. Disciples being made, fully devoted followers of Jesus coming from that place. And so fruit, that's what he means by bearing fruit. And, and, and it all depends here on the condition of the heart, doesn't it? Where is your heart today? Uh, the first heart condition he talks about here is the path. It's the hard heart. The hard heart. Jesus says there are some 
who hear the message of the gospel, but their heart's too hard to understand it. So the enemy comes in, steals away that message. And uh, the path that was hardened were there obviously those walking paths between those different plots of ground. Does not understand here. Hey, if you're listening, say amen today. Does not understand here doesn't mean that they don't comprehend it. Now, uh, we want to teach the word of God at fifth grade level. Isn't that right, church? Where we can apply it. Uh, I, and uh, we're going to give you theological terms and we're going to challenge you from time to time in your knowledge. But it's not so much about information, come on now, as it is transformation. Can I take what I'm reading, messages I'm hearing, teaching I'm getting in my family group or in student ministry, kids ministry, and can I apply it to my life? Okay? It so does not understand here. Uh, it's not talking, though, about comprehending the message. In the original language, it speaks of an unwillingness to seek it out. An unwillingness to understand it. So it's a hard heart that says, I don't want the gospel in my life. I don't want God in my life. And there are some things in our life. The Bible says that sin sears the conscience. Pride. Rebellion. Anger. Bitterness. The Bible says be make sure that there be no root of bitterness in you. Why is that? Because bitterness, as Adrian Rogers once said, bitterness is an acid that eats its own container. All that bitterness and resentment that we hold toward those who harm us in this life or offend us or... Uh, or even do things to us that are that are very destructive in our life. Ultimately, all that anger and resentment that we hold towards them only destroys us. It hardens the heart. And uh, you think in today's farming illustration, right? Today, we don't go out and broadcast seed by hand, right? We've got big fields that we cultivate with equipment and and, uh, man, when, once the harvest comes up, man, you got the grain trucks coming in and man, you putting the grain in the truck. I mean, what he's saying here is that sin, when we allow pride and rebellion, sexual impurity, lust, sexual immorality also would go along with this anger, unforgiveness, bitterness, all this stuff. When we allow it to stay, it's like a grain truck running over your heart day in and day out, making it where you cannot receive what God wants for your life. And by the way, let me add to this. Not only is this a picture of saving faith, the good soil. Yes, once you trust in Jesus, you, you have, you have a soft heart to receive Him and you begin to bear fruit for the gospel. Yes, it's about saving faith here, but it's also about the condition of the heart, period, even for the child of God to receive the word. How's your heart? Day in and day out. So all this stuff, listen to me, forgiveness or unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment, all these things will destroy your life. And by the way, forgiveness is not instantaneous. So often we think, I'm going to forgive somebody. We think of it as a one-time act of, you know, releasing them. Okay, I, I'm not going to hold this against you anymore. And it, listen to me, it starts there. When God convicts, puts it on your heart, you take it before him, it starts in that moment of laying it down before him and releasing 
that person for what they did to you or said to you or how they harmed you. Okay, it starts there. But forgiveness is really a process. Because, uh, come on, children of God, do those negative thoughts continue to come back to your mind and your heart over and over and over? Yes. You have to forgive and re-forgive and re-forgive and re-forgive. By the way, Jesus taught us in the Lord's Prayer. We're going to talk about this tonight at our, our prayer time before we lean in. We're going to spend most of our time in prayer. But to tee that up tonight, we're going to talk about the Lord's Prayer. Jesus taught us to pray. Forgive us our sins, O Father, as what? As we have forgiven others. It's not a measuring stick. You'll be forgiven by, you know, the amount you forgive others. Aren't you glad that in our weakness, His grace is sufficient? He forgives us to the uttermost, knowing that we can't forgive fully as He does. We're sinners. We, there's times where we still harbor stuff and we gotta keep bringing it back to Him. Okay? The idea there, don't miss this, the idea there is he says praying for the forgiveness of others, like them being released, forgiving others, releasing bitterness, should be a continual part of our prayer life. That's the idea here. It's a hard heart. Don't just hear the atheist or the agnostic here or... Uh, the person who's all wrapped up in their money and possessions and chasing the stuff of this world. Yes, that's a person that's hard-hearted. But also here, children of God, you ready? Here, 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 right here, the hard heart of a child of God who over the years has harbored unforgiveness and bitterness and anger. Some of you here today, listen, need to you need to forgive and release that person who hurt you. Aren't you glad to know today that there is no person on this earth who has anything to say over my destiny? Come on, somebody. There, there is no circumstance that defines my destiny. There is no single individual, no matter what they've done in your life, who speaks over your destiny. Only God does that. And as we sang this morning, His grace holds us. He comes in and He destroys all those strongholds, man. The hard heart. Oh, we've got to repent of all that stuff. Pride, rebellion, anger, bitterness, unforgiveness. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust. Also harden the heart in incredible ways. We've got to get those things out of our life. Lay those things down. Bring accountability in our life to help us walk in purity. All that stuff. Oh, the hard heart. Second, let's keep moving. Secondly here, we see not only the hard heart. Secondly, we see the shallow heart. Shallow He says here, the second heart condition is the one that grows on rocky soil. It has no depth or root in the gospel. As a result, this person falls away quickly and easily. They're excited in the beginning, but then they fall away when difficulty comes. This is the person who gets baptized, jumps right into ministry. But when difficulty arises, they quickly decide, this ain't what I signed up for. Right? Uh, It's also indicative of the person who jumps from church to church to church to church because the church is not meeting their preferences or satisfying all of their expectations or someone offended me in that place. And hey, aren't you glad that we come to church today for Jesus? Come on now. It's for him. And, And by the way, it's also when it comes to the other. Yes, we come for the body as well, but I come to serve you. I don't I don't come here for you to serve me. My, are you listening to me? My identity is not wrapped up in you. My validation is not in how many people come in this building and how many times you pat me on my back. 
Our identity is in Christ. It's in him and him alone. So we're here for God and we're here to serve others and we're here to serve his kingdom mission. That's why we're here. Don't be shallow. Right? Shallow faith. It's interesting in the original parable, if you go and you read back what, what Jesus said to the crowds, he talks about the seed that is sown on rocky soil and then he says the sunlight comes up, scorches it, and the plant goes away. It withers and destroys the plant because it has no root. Uh, he says here in the explanation to the disciples, it's uh, persecution, tribulation, which is the sunlight. By the way, does a plant need sunlight to grow? Yeah, isn't that interesting? So he uses this illustration to say, listen, you need adversity in your life. Whenever difficulty comes, difficult people, difficult situations, difficult circumstances, in the moment, our flesh wants to say, bless God, I'm going to smack somebody in Jesus' name. Can I get an amen on that? I mean, you just, your flesh says, man, I, I have had enough of this. But in our spirit, would to God that we would learn to praise God, say, God, I don't know what you're fixing to do, but it's fixing to be awesome. I don't know what you've got in mind, but I know you want to do something, first of all, in me. And that's why you're allowing this tribulation, this circumstance, this difficulty. Man, don't be shallow, right? Don't be shallow in your faith. Rocky soil. Adversity leads to prosperity. Depth in Christ. Listen to this, and then we'll move to the third, the third heart condition. Depth in Christ comes through understanding our identity. Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 3. He prays that the church at Ephesus would be rooted and grounded in what? The love of God. As a child of God, you're loved, you're blessed, you're provided for, you are healed in Jesus' name for all of eternity. Yes, this body's going to die, but our God heals in eternity forever and always. He And he is, still heals in time. Come on, somebody. He heals in time as well, according to his will and his plan. But we're rooted and grounded in the love of God. You're blessed and highly favored no matter what comes at you in this life. Listen to me. God doesn't do things to us. He does things for us. Big difference. Big difference. Oh, the shallow heart. Don't don't be shallow today. When difficulty comes, learn to revel in that. In other words, to lean in in prayer and say, okay, God, you're about to do something in me and in my family and around us. It may not be easy. But God, you're wanting to do something here, and so I'm going to trust in you. Third type of heart we see here is the distracted heart. The hard heart, the shallow heart. Number three is the distracted heart. And I really believe that this is where many Western Christians live. Is the thorny ground. The cares of the world. The deceitfulness of riches. All choking out what God really wants to do in your life. Cares here. The word cares, it it speaks of anxiety and of worry. So much of what we do in this life, the plans we make, the the wealth we pursue, all a lot of these things he's talking about here. The decisions we make for our family and our kids and what we're going to commit to and not commit to. I mean, we are the most overscheduled, overcommitted, overextended people, arguably in the history of mankind, aren't we? In today's day and time. So much, listen to me, so much of what we commit to in this life is based out of fear, isn't it? If we get honest about it. 
fear of failure. The the fear of not having enough. There are so many people, some of the most successful businessmen and women in our country are scared to death of not having enough. That's why they pursue it the way they do. It's insecurity. I'm not saying if you have things today, you're insecure. But there are many, you know what I'm talking about. There are many around. Some of you have family members who are incredibly successful. But when you talk to them, they never have enough. Why? Because they think their security and identity is in that. I I was watching the uh, playoff football games this past week. Anybody else glad Alabama got beat? Come on in Jesus' name. Hey! Sorry, Alabama fans. All right. So I'm watching Alabama and Michigan, and a commercial TV, an ad comes on for Prudential Financial Services, right? The logo for Prudential, what is it? It's the Rock of Gibraltar, right? So what's the tagline? Who's your rock, right? Who's your rock? Why do they say that? Because they want you to believe that in your finances, and if you'll just let them help you, you know, in your financial planning, that, man, you'll be secure in that place. Well, I got news for Prudential. Listen, there's one, there's only one who's the rock. Come on now. His name ain't Prudential. His name ain't even Dwayne Johnson. Come on, somebody. He is Jesus, the rock of ages. He's the only one you're going to find security and hope in. Nothing wrong with having stuff. The problem comes in when your stuff has you. And there's a whole lot more people in this life that their stuff has them. A whole lot more Christians that their stuff has them than we want to admit. Thorns. At our, at our house, we built a new house about two years ago. And behind our house, as you go towards the creek there, we've got woods there. Wooded area, and we and, and we do our best to keep it cleaned out down there where we can use that area. Well, one of the things that's the hardest to keep out of there is thorns. Any of y'all got some woods around your your property? You know what I'm talking about. Thorn bushes, man, the thorns. You cut the thorns down. You can cut trees, sapling trees, and all this stuff down, bushes and underbrush, and, and it, it'll be gone. Those dadgum thorn bushes will come back in two weeks, and they'll grow all the way right back up an entire tree in like a month. You gotta keep them cut out. They're, they're invasive. They grow rapidly and they are incredibly invasive to all the other good plants and stuff that you want in that, uh, in that area on that plot of ground. Don't miss the picture. What he's saying here is job, family time, activities for our kids, I'm talking about nothing wrong with our kids doing some stuff, but you know what I'm talking about. Overcommitted, overextended, overscheduled, all the stuff, right? Money, possessions, retirement account, paying my house off. Those are all good things. But when, hello, when good things become God Things in your life take or take the place of God things. That's idolatry. And it's sin before God. And what it's doing is it's invading. It's invasive thorns. It's invading on your faith. By the way, what did they put on Jesus? A crown of. The word thorns here. What's it representative of? It represents the curse of Adam. You remember what God told Adam in Genesis chapter three? After they fell, they sinned. He says, cursed is the ground because of you. Thorns and thistles it will bring for you. When they put that crown of thorns on Jesus' brow, it was representative of Jesus 
taking the curse of Adam for us on the cross. Reversing the curse. So when you see that in Scripture, there's symbolism to that. So listen to me. Jesus died for all that overcommitted, overscheduled stuff. He died to reverse the curse. Don't bring it back by chasing all the junk of this world. Distracted heart. What distractions need to be removed from your life in order to bear fruit for the gospel? Then fourthly and lastly, we see in this passage, obviously, the tender soil. That's the proper heart. That's the only right heart to receive the gospel and bear fruit. And the tender heart, tenderness, right? This soil, it's it's tender, it's humble. Quick to confess sin, admit sin and shortcomings and mistakes to God and even to others when I sin against others or offend others. It's deep soil. Deeply rooted in the love of God and the word of God and Prayer and the gospel. Right? It's nutrient rich. If you know anything about farming, you know you've got to have the right nutrients in that soil. If, if, it, if it's going to produce a bumper crop, it's nutrient rich. What is it? It's the Spirit of God. The Spirit-filled life. Oh, how we need the Holy Spirit. And that's not some mystical feeling. We're talking about the power and anointing of God, the person of God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all three co-equal, all three co-eternal. The person of God running my life and filling me with himself every day. So where's your heart today? Three things that affect the condition of our heart. I'm going to give these to you quickly. We've got to move to invitation. Three things that Affect the condition of our heart. You ready? Number one, what we put into our mind affects the condition of your heart. What you watch, listen to, read, there is a whole lot of mind-numbing junk to watch, listen to, look at in today's day and time, isn't it? Remove the mental distractions over the next 21 days and then learn to live in that, right? What you put into your mind. Number two, what you do with your money affects your heart. Jesus said where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Where you put your time and money is where your devotion will be. If you have no time and no money in the gospel, your heart ain't there. Don't And listen, don't receive that hard today. Just receive that under the conviction of the Holy Spirit as, a, as an exhortation, encouragement, as your pastor and your friend. Listen, if all your time and money is in the stuff of this world, that's where your heart is. That's where your devotion is. That's just reality. Okay? So what we what we... Put in our mind what we do with our money and what we see as our mission every day. When you get out of the bed in the morning, what are you on this earth for? If you're just here to make a living, pay bills, 
prepare for retirement, then retire, do nothing, and die. <laughs> listen, what? Listen to me. What a worthless existence. There are different seasons to our life. It's good to save money. Right? The Bible talks about saving money. It's good to give an inheritance to your children and your children's children. That, those are good things. But if my identity is in that, it's worthless. The greatest legacy we can leave with our children is a legacy of faith. A strong church to be a part of. Strong faith in our family traditions and things that we do and examples we set. That's the greatest legacy we leave. So what are you putting into your mind? Is it the Word of God and God's stuff or worldly stuff? What are you doing with your money? If you're not giving, you need to start giving. Just start somewhere. 10% is what God commands us to give back to His church. But if you're not giving at all, just start somewhere. And watch God bless your life. Watch your heart and your life change when you put Jesus first. And then number three, what's your mission? When we get out of the bed every day, it's all about God's kingdom, not mine. God, what do you have for me today? Who do you want me to minister to today? How do you want me to serve today? Now, tenderizes the heart before God and before others. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. So glad you could join us. If you've given your heart to Jesus, text Hope Jesus, all one word. Text Hope Jesus to 77411. Hope Jesus. 77411. And let me encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. If you hadn't done that already, make sure to hit that subscribe button and share it out. You never know whose life might be changed by simply sharing this message today. So share it out. Okay? And so thank you again for listening in. And we invite you to listen in with us next week.